Hi and welcome to What's Next. I'm Therese, your host, and in today's episode, I have a really special guest. His name is Marcos Franchini, and he's from Brazil. I'm super excited to talk with him and listen to his opinion about the future of architecture. Let's get right started and enjoy listening. Okay, hello, Marcos. Thank you so much for taking the time. I'm very happy having you on the show. How are you? Hello. <laughs> nice morning <laughs> for who, who are listening to us. It's a pleasure being with you. I was really happy with your invitation. And let's do it. <laughs> I'm really happy you said yes. It's really nice. I mean, I was quite surprised and happy also when sometimes our work goes overseas because we are here and we are a small studio from Brazil. Belo Horizonte, our state in Minas Gerais. So we are really a small studio and it's really nice when our works make sense uh, for people over, overseas. Yes, you already mentioned it. Who is Marcos Francini? Did I say it right? Yes, it's, it's okay. I mean, it, uh, it's just like as I'm speaking English with an accent or mixture of uh, accent. My name is Marcos Franchini because I have uh, my grandfather, his family were, they were Italian, they came here. So in Brazil, it's also this mixture of people. So there are a lot of uh, uh, names of family, just like Japanese, Italian, French, even German. They are all over the, our country. It's really nice. So it's Marcus Franchini. <laughs> okay, perfect. Sounds really good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Please introduce your studio. All right. I'm a freelance architect uh, since my graduation. I have collaborated with several. During my, my graduation, I've been, I don't know, four studios. And one of them for more than four years. I mean, oh, I spent one year after my graduation with this family. I mean, it's also a small family studio. It's Silvio Podesta. I worked with him for four years. After I, I have collaborated with a studio, it's called Rizoma. They made a lot of galleries in Inyo team. It's a, muse, a museum, but a landscape, also site-specific museum. So I have collaborated with them. But once you are, you have also your social life and everything. I mean, uh, it was, I couldn't uh, be just like making, not sleeping, I mean. So I had also my own projects with his home and a lot of things and researches. So I decided, no, I will be at my, at my own. But in fact, even if I'm on my own, All during these uh, last 11 years, I've been working with other people. I mean, designers, other architects, artists, video makers, photographers. I'm, also, I'm always uh, dealing with other people. I mean, when we are designing and also because we enjoy uh, not uh, making imposition for the clients. So we try to make it with the clients. So mm -hmm. it's a little bit of, of our philosophy, but our studio deal with residential projects, school projects, 
sometimes we we participate in competitions because sometimes we want to make not manifestos but go further in some aspects and this uh, it's really nice because it's open and I can just like collaborate with foreign friends architects from mm -hmm. from friends I have some relationships also in US so it's it's really so it's a lot of interdisciplinary work exactly that you do. exactly that sounds good that sounds really good um, in general we start the interview with some warm-up questions about yourself nice all right <laughs> doesn't have to do so much with architecture are you ready for some personal questions Oh, of course. Um, first one would be, with whom would you like to do a project? Doesn't matter if this person is still alive or already dead. With whom would you do a project? Mm, I don't know. I'm, I mean, with... Uh, <laughs> do you have an idol or something? No, I mean, uh, there. when we are younger, we have just like, you're getting in love with a lot of architects. I mean... And uh, one of the first books uh, my dad gave me was just like uh, Gaudí, Antoni Gaudí. So why not? I mean, how could it be making a project with this uh, genius? Or maybe because once I even found uh, Oscar Niemeyer's uh, office and her... Uh, his wife, he, she answered and said, oh, no, today he's really busy and he cannot answer. But I don't know. I don't have, I have just like several idols in architecture, but also in music. I don't know what would be the best answer. Maybe, I mean, even Picasso, you know, I would like to, mm -hmm. to chat or to discuss about Uh, about architecture or oh, not even about life itself <laughs> why not but yeah. it's quite complicated I mean uh, I would like to to have more time I mean with, if I could just like travel in time I would enjoy having this chat with just like Gaudi, Oscar Myers, and also with artists and several persons I mean there's a lot of idols I mean I, I don't know which, which whom I'm, I would choose because If you just have one chance, I don't know. Mm. But that's the next question. If you could develop a skill overnight, what would you wish for? Ah, Time traveling. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> probably this. Uh, uh, maybe, uh, yeah, when I was a young, young kid, uh, sometime I made this like this, not a dream in real life, but what would you, what would be just like freezing time And to have more time, I mean, to be with my parents or to be there skateboarding with friends or to be more present, I mean. But I don't know if it's just like uh, traveling through time because I know there's a lot of consequence. I mean, when we see those TV shows about traveling <laughs> time, sometimes it could be dangerous. But uh, I don't know, freezing time or to be more present It would be nice without aging, I mean, because <laughs> freeze time and you'll be present. We will, you will not age. We will get this knowledge. But I don't know. Could you imagine just like being a kid with a knowledge of a old person? It would be a boring kid. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> How nice it would be just to freeze moments. Yes. Because the moment is so nice and you just want, hold, want to hold on to it. So it would be really nice to freeze it 
and just have it a little bit longer. Being more present yeah. could be a skill to develop, not only me, but communities. What's your favorite hobby besides architecture? All right. Uh, being with my dogs, <laughs> they are really cool. But it has uh, almost 11, oh no, there's maybe 12. Oh no, there's at least 10 years I'm doing yoga. I'm not, Ooh. yeah. So I like to stretch, but I really like to be just like present. And it's uh, mm -hmm. just like a rendezvous or an encounter with yourself, I mean. During this daily routine of, you have so many information, sometimes we don't have time for ourselves. So doing yoga, it's nice because it's not all about only meditation, but it's also having a time to meet with yourself, your inner being. I mean, it's not really uh, easy to sometimes, there's a lot of thoughts that comes, that pass and that goes. But it's nice to to be with myself. I mean, it's yeah, I, it's I difficult. Know what you mean. It's difficult. Did you get to that point? Did you actually made it? I mean, because I tried it a lot of times, and there's there's always something getting in between, and I'm looking to the phone, or I'm looking there, or whatever. Nowadays, I I believe it's just like a, a tool for achieving some things. And I really, if I spend just like one or two weeks without doing anything related to yoga, I say, no, there's something not working. So it, and then I see the agenda, oh, I had so many meetings that I couldn't do yoga. So it's, I mean, uh, I don't, I haven't ever, I've been being in mantra, not, I mean, nirvana, achieving the nirvana, not, not at all, <laughs> but I mean, Uh, so it's uh, ant work, I mean, each day doing a little bit or mm -hmm. twice a week. And you see there's a lot of progress about doing it. That's a good point. Maybe I should try it even harder to get to that point and do it regularly. Try. I have a good uh, teacher, a friend of mine. He, he speaks even better than I uh, English. So he will be a nice teacher for you if you want his, uh, you, his you contact. Should, you should give me his number and then I will, I will do my yoga classes. I will. <laughs> um, you founded your office in 2012, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, being on my own, only on my own 2012, but doing freelance jobs, it started in 2010, but 2012, it's the number. And what was your philosophy then and what is it now if it changed? Did you, did you, do you have a different view on certain aspects than in 2012? Uh, yeah, at the time I had not many projects. <laughs> and uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, not many things to deal with, to deal with but, uh, but it makes, I mean, it was really a good, When I come back in time, 2012, I, some friends of mine, they were graphic designers. They told me, come to work with us because now you're doing freelance jobs and you don't have to, to pay uh, a rent. Just be with us. But once a week to make, uh, I mean, we have to work together in one project. It could be anything. But once a week, during the five days we are together, we have to do something together. So we created this uh, Wednesday 
out, uh, just like outro free Wednesday. It was to do personal projects. So it was really nice because we made some products to sell in some markets. We did, we made some, we, we participated in some uh, ex exhibition of interior design uh, ex exhibition. So it was, it was really nice because I said, no, it could work. I mean, even uh, not just like sometimes we expect clients to come, but sometimes we can propose, I mean, products or we can propose a manifesto that after it will just like bring attention and bring clients. So it was probably the beginning. And also uh, in the beginning, I, I had more time to be in the projects. I mean, and... How can I say? Uh, I was serious at the time. To to the, <laughs> nowadays, I'm also serious about dealing with engineers <laughs> about construction sites. But I mean, uh, probably nowadays I can deal with more in less time or with more complexity than to at just like ten years ago. I mean, but at the time I was. I had to do step by step, but it was really good to go deep in, in each project and know that I could count on friends to help me. And also with mm -hmm. why not involve clients in the process? Because in the end, it was, uh, it, I, I mean, the process of doing architecture to design, it's not so easy. I mean, oh, I have, I don't know, I have a drink and I now I'm projecting. I, I mean, there are also a, a phrase, a a uh, story about Niemeyer. He made a project of a casino here in Belo Horizonte, our town, in one night. I mean, so I'm not like him. But I mean, <laughs> I have to work harder, maybe. But I, I, I probably the difference between that Marcus ten years ago it's how to deal with complexity without uh, having a lot of headaches or without. Uh, melting my brain, <laughs> you know, or sleepless nights. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but it sounds super interesting having one day of the week just for yourself and just figuring out what what you feel like doing or what would make you happy and sell that product. That's super cool. I saw in the detail magazine. A beautiful one single family home that you designed. How do you start your design process? All right. Do you have, um, maybe you can explain it by hand of an example? Maybe this one, it's a great example. Probably the best, <laughs> one of the best clients, and they became friends, you know? It looks really, really awesome. I would love to live there. Yeah. <laughs> So there's a story about it because sometimes when you're a young architect, we have to show uh, from renderings or from sketches to convince your clients, right, about this is possible. In this uh, particularly um, work, this house, I made with the, oh, the first project I made with my wife was our own house. So it was a, like a lab. We tried to experiment a little bit. And during this construction site, we invited some students to come here. We made an open visit day if you want to, mm -hmm. to, to see our construction site because 
we were receiving so many mails, not so many, but several mails. So we say, no, we, are, we, we organize open visit days to, to, uh, to explain about our, our construction site because everything is uh, just like, it's not really in relation with brutalism, but it's also because we have uh, concrete slabs that you can see the system, the infrastructure, everything. It's really to, it's, uh, didactic. If you see, you understand about infrastructure, electric uh, pipes and everything, the connections. So it was really nice because in one, in one of those visits, there was this friend of an uh, old uh, colleague of my wife from school and she said, I'm, I'm, I want to, to build a house with my fiancé at the time, but now husband. And I want to, to do exactly the same, right? I have few, I have to, I have a short, a shortened uh, deadline to, to this mm -hmm. house. And we would like to, to do in steel structure. And at the time I was studying during my master's in Ouro Preto, the, the, the town I was yesterday visiting, exactly steel structure, steel construction. So I, and it was really a, a good alliance I've been meeting between clients and architects because they already knew what they want was, we want mm -hmm. your house. But we know that each context is completely different. I mean, there's, we have to see the sun, how would this structure uh, arrive there, who, we, who is going to, to fabricate it, how is going to be, I mean, under this, this earth, is it proper to, to build off or not? So there's this, the loads of everything. Mm -hmm. But in the end, it was really nice because they were already convinced before uh, any line. So it was really cool. I mean, the approach of the client, because they said, we want exactly like this and we are open to your, to your design. But that's super rare that's, to find yeah, yeah. To find someone that trusts you and just says, okay, yeah. I trust you 100%. I know that you're going to do a yeah, great job. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> after this house and our house, we, we invited uh, photographers to, to take mm -hmm. the register. So it's completely different when you say this is a rendering, this is a sketch, and this is a photo. Because a photo, there's a time, all right? So... There's a lot of, you have to deal with a lot of paperwork to the construction site, days, weeks, sometimes years. In our cases, the both uh, construction sites, they were just like some months. And when you show pictures to possible clients, they say, oh, that's okay. They will manage it. They make more, they are more not proud of, or they, the expectations are higher and And even, no, this is possible, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's quite different uh, besides showing renderings, you show photos because photos also have this compromise about construction. So it's nice. There's a truth. Even we don't like to make just like the best. I mean, we, we hire really good photographers, but we mm -hmm. want to show real life, not just like makeup, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With what um, CAD program do you draw? ArchiCAD, Revit, Not yet, not yet. I Rhino. mean, <laughs> no, we deal with AutoCAD and also SketchUp. Mm -hmm. uh, 
We deal also with hand drawing a lot. Since my second, uh, first year of architecture school, I started to give workshops of hand drawings and sketches. And I, I really, it's a method of mine, not of my wife. And nowadays, we, we are not proper associate, but we are dealing nowadays with 21 projects together. So it's quite an associate, isn't it? Uh, but uh, he, she has her process. Mm-hmm. I have mine, and it's nice to to mix it. Sometimes mm-hmm. we deal with uh, physical models, sometimes directly in 3D models. And it's nice because we are involving collaborators that know more about being process, and probably will make this shift about doing. Sometimes uh, during my master, I studied this, learn by doing, and the the collateral effects related in in some in some buildings in some process of open design like this but learn mm-hmm. by doing it's our in our in, in about being architect because 500 years ago we were learning inside the construction site so learning by doing it's a good philosophy i mean how important is the aspect of tradition for you? And how do you translate tradition into your modern architectural design? Mm-hmm. All right. I told you about sun, right? Yeah. Observating sun. When you, uh, not you, I mean you, Therese, but <laughs> <laughs> when we are designing, we don't have to think about our buildings as an isolated uh, object. We, if we are inside a city, we have to see uh, in a broader context. I mean, who is in the surroundings? When you are in the mountains, you have to respect it. You have to respect the nature itself. I mean, if we go uh, also 500 years ago, who were here in Brazil? Really, the origin people, they were uh, the indigenous right so they used to have a knowledge about working and building inside our country with light structures in a good relationship with nature for me it's really a great tradition to to build like them so when we mm-hmm. nowadays we try to do steel structures they are not so aggressive with the terrain there's also a, a thinking about going a, a 500 years ago so there's a, an intelligence about construction that it's not only related to the Portuguese uh, bricks. I mean, there's, there were another knowledge about people. They or just like the, it's worldwide, it's, it works like this. How it's in Africa, how it's in Southeast Asia. There's a, just like a line in our world and there's a climate that it's more... Uh, suitable to our context so this is the I mean in general in a larger view probably the best tradition to respect but there's mm-hmm. also this tradition of the context who are the people living there in, in nowadays how to 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 understand this culture how to understand those people to not just like put an UFO, I mean, uh, uh, just to transplant a concept from Europe to Brazil or yeah. to... Uh, so for me, 
respecting tradition, it's related with respecting nature and also culture. It's complex, but I mean, you have to be also present to, to and more open, I mean. Mm -hmm. In in what direction is architecture going? I mean, there are more than 300 million tons of plastic produced globally each year and less than 10% are recycled. So the rest becomes just waste. Um, and this waste is just dumped into landfills and the ocean. So pointing towards the future, I would rather ask you in what direction must architecture go? Oh, or how would you like to see the future? All right. And so, first of all, during this pandemic uh, time we are dealing with, there are so many deliveries, right? And, and packages going out there, out there. So you ask for a pizza, you ask for something, for everything comes on a pack. And after it goes to waste, and after where is it going? Dealing with garbage and waste, it's a, a major thing we have to deal with. Not, it's not somebody's problem, right? So probably yeah. in the future, uh, we have to be more, I mean, independent and responsible with our planet, really. I mean, so you don't have, uh, I mean, you want to live in a mountain outskirts from how I, first of all, you say, how it's going to have electricity, how it's going to have water. So deal with it. How is it going to, to provide food? Sometimes you have to grow your own food, but you have to also to be responsible with your own waste. When you see each person, wow. All right, but when you, you deal with a millions of person, it's, uh, it's more complex, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, a, shift, a possible shift, in my opinion, about uh, dealing with waste, recycle it, it, it for in the basis in kindergarten, I mean, <laughs> teach children these aspects about love, about respecting each other, about poverty, about uh, dealing with waste. And after we can make a larger shift because sometimes it's not in the, in the they are not teaching it. I mean, mm -hmm. those, uh, for a better future, you have really to, 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 to understand that the kids, it's just like a sponge. They are asking for, complexity when you mm -hmm. think no they it, complexity and they are the best learners at all so in my opinion to have a better future i don't know the answer of the garbage right now i mean it could be punctual but i mean to be more effective in my opinion it's dealing with education with kids to understand that they are the future adults and they must be prepared because otherwise if i just have this compromise with my present, no, in, I don't know, in 10 years, 20, I don't know how many years, I will not be here. So probably the best is to, to pass in the best and the more transparent way. And sometimes it's a polemic to, to say how to deal with it, but we have to 
not to to escape from these answers. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not what, what I'm trying to do right now. But in my opinion, to deal with it in the basis in the kindergarten when we are kids, and probably it will be in our consciousness about dealing with nature. I mean, it's it's also related to tradition because in this last also 400 years, we are so many, uh, our occupations, we, are, we don't have time. We have all the time, it's industry, technology, producing waste. But yeah. when you go back, it was, we are striving back to low tech technology, to more connection with nature. I mean, it's all, it's uh, baby steps, but it's already, already, already being done. So, mm-hmm. I, so education is a good point, mm, but don't you think we should rethink this whole building world, this whole construction world? Because I don't think that we will build our projects. Um, like we do it right now, consisting out of millions of little parts that are sold. Yeah. Because because I don't I don't think that's a good way to build in the future. Um, and shouldn't we even look further towards the future by having nature as an example? So there are a lot of materials found in nature, like trees or even an apple or some skeletons from insects. So maybe we should rethink this whole construction world and all the cycle that's going on. So synthesizing biomaterials, for example, um, that match the biological world. How I, do you think about that? <laughs> I agree with you. Uh, firstly, about observing nature, right? Well, I, I'm a... Uh... Yeah, so maybe in the future we don't build projects, we grow them. Yeah, So exactly. It's possible. And also, uh, when we, we are dealing with uh, steel structures, or, or uh, I mean, the structure design, one of the best uh, resolution about uh, economic structures, it's really the nature itself. When you have the branches of a tree, or also, as you say, uh, insect, the structures of this. So some years ago, Pierre-Louis Ginervi, the Italian structure uh, design, they made beautiful things observing nature. Yeah. So f- first, it's I agree with you at all. And also, but I, I thought about not construction also. I mean, uh, there's uh, some, I mean... In downtown of our city, and also in São Paulo, in Brazil, that's a reality because we have a vacancy of buildings around 50% downtown. They are, oh, uh, they are not like Detroit, but it's quite of emptiness or some, uh, some buildings that are not, they don't have any use. Mm-hmm. So, and we have also a demand for social housing. It's almost the same number, but the, the, those buildings, they are already there inside downtown with every uh, commerce, the public markets, jobs, uh, churches. I mean, there's parks, 
and why we are building outside outskirts, selling, and also dealing with uh, already obsolete buildings. But mm -hmm. we don't uh, understand that there are a lot of buildings already built. They just have to be more open for the, those peoples, or maybe there we must just like in our country to have this political resolution that they, those vacancy will be for those people. We don't have mm -hmm. to, be, sometimes we don't have to build more. Sometimes it's just to, to see the numbers or, or to see, oh, the answer is really uh, already built. So, yeah. uh, it's like... so you have a lot of shells there that are not used and that are waiting for a recovery, but nobody cares. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Because it's better to sell more, sell more. Yeah, yeah. And how do you think we can, what can we do to just turn around this whole well, direction? There's a, a lot of communities or people, they are occupying those places. So it can, it's a manifest itself, itself mm -hmm. already being done. Uh, once I was in Germany 10 or 11 years ago, there was a artist place. It was a squat, right? It was Takelis, I believe it was the name. There was bars, there was exhibition of artists in Berlin. And mm -hmm. I said, oh, it's really cool. It's happening right now. And the artist, he told me, oh, there was an abandoned place. Here you can go. Here is a place that uh, it's our house. So we, we try to have a privacy, but it's open. There is in Colombia, Venezuela, and Brazil, all over the country, occupations that they are really, if the political... A mayor or political government or president won't shift communities will shift it themselves as uh, because they are aware we want we don't want to leave outskirts without anything about infrastructures about about uh, without uh, because we want to be in neighborhoods neighborhoods mm -hmm. it's people parks uh, grocery stores I mean there's bars, there's parks, sports. This is life. This is architecture. This is neighborhoods. So when mm -hmm. we, you just like try to, to just like to stamp uh, blocks to, and, and expect that people will live there, you don't respect complexity, right? Mm. So in my opinion, uh, our communities itself in a radical occupation, just like squatting, or sometimes really uh, hundreds of people occupying. Already in our town, we have occupation Carolina de Jesus. In, inside downtown, in a abandoned uh, building, they occupied mm -hmm. and they are, how can I say, they self-organized uh, each task, who is going to live, each uh, gross area of, for each family, so, so it's probably a response, uh, a faster way without dealing with paperwork and, and without expecting that someone will take this uh, responsibility. Because sometimes when we, we expect too much, we, mm -hmm. we don't have the answers. That's a really good point that you mentioned. Uh, hopefully in the future, something will change 
but till then maybe you should just do something about it yourself and don't wait for someone else to do it for you <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah yeah it's true um what do you think about the relationship technology relating to artificial intelligence and um should we fear it or embrace it our relationship to technology i mean there's so many algorithms dealing with mm. in our mobile phones uh, hearing us, us all the time and it could be uh, also it can help us i mean when we are just like uh, strolling in reference there's a lot of things coming that will help us uh, even to show clients possible mm -hmm. reference there's also artificial intelligence in order to save energy i mean our our homes i mean we don't have to be online all the time so how can we save energy uh, dealing with this and there's a lot of things that ai it's helping us and i mean sometimes i also brought a book i mean it's ideas to postpone the end of the world it's uh, ayuton krenak he wrote it It was a gift I, I had in, really before uh, the pandemic. It was a birthday gift. And he talks about nature. And sometimes when we, we see uh, AI relating with AI, sometimes it develops not abstract because I believe it's also uh, real. But there's just like a reason, uh, connections between AIs There is really closest, closest to, to nature. Some of the response that we see artists dealing with AI, they are fast, really fast learners, aren't they? But it's nice to see that some results reflects of when we see microscope, some fungus or some cells of ourselves. So it's really nice to see when you expect technology to to answer with some images or relationships that would be so just like aliens but not at all sometimes we have the some impressions or some similarities with things we've already seen i mean in biology i so i mean answering you i i believe we we must embrace it because if we are just like Embrace not just like being uh, fervorous. They will uh, have all the answers. No, but how can we work together maybe? Or how can they work for us and save time for us to make, for example, just like you said, I want to make yoga, but I don't have time. But maybe AI will deal with all this paperwork, legislation, uh, and I will deal with how can I, I mean bring people to these resolutions or how can I deal because AI, how can, I don't know really how it will uh, talk to us. I mean, how, will it uh, just like make us as a garbage just like, or mm -hmm. it will replace us. I just yeah. saw some days ago, the Blade Runner of 2049, <laughs> In order to prepare myself for AI, I, I don't know, but I, I don't have an answer for it. 
But I mean, mm-hmm. if we don't be aware of what's happening, it's being naive. I mean, I mean, it's it's not a, yeah. it's, I mean, it's not a, a really problem to be naive. But sometimes it's nice to to know what's happening. Being a yeah. teacher for me, it's really cool because uh, I have to update myself the way I speak, what they want to learn. Yeah, it's uh, I'd say I have to update each week. So it's mm-hmm. really cool because otherwise, could you imagine in three, in, I don't know, in 10 years from now, I would be making the same hand drawings or why can't, I don't know, maybe these drawings will be made by, by those computers and I will mm-hmm. just like be thinking about other things. And there's not a problem because they are already doing it. I mean, there's uh, the, you can say... <laughs> And at what point would it become really scary? I I mean the the scenario you drawing here sounds really good. Oh. In my mind, that would be the perfect yeah. the perfect relationship. But who takes care of this situation that it stops at that point and not goes even further, so that we are replaced and then we're useless to AI. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, at a certain point, uh, they that AI could just like uh, think about us. So you are just uh, exploiting so much our planet and yeah. we want to be here. We don't want you guys over here. Yeah. So uh, there's uh, those scary scenarios, right? And yeah. I, I mean, it could be really our future. So for in this scenario, uh, if I, if you say to me, oh, this is the our scenario for the for next oh, for tomorrow, so I always say just like carpe diem, really enjoy yeah. your day today because maybe tomorrow you won't be here. Yeah, I mean, but uh, I rather uh, not being just like positive of the time, but. What can we do nowadays in order to change our future, to be, uh, to make a change, make a shift? Mm-hmm. For me, uh, nowadays, maybe it's dealing uh, with education, uh, making better schools for future better citizens, uh, or open uh, dialogues with students in architecture school mm-hmm. in order to then not try to do all the times only fancy objects, the next new museum. No, try to do the next uh, <laughs> renovation of downtown right now. Why are we neglecting those uh, problems that we can really make a difference right now? But mm-hmm. of course, uh, don't be so narrow-minded to not not really embrace technology, but be aware or be you have to... I mean, there's a curve of apprenticeship that you have when we are younger. We are, you have to to share ideas, share so this year you can learn faster. So when we, mm-hmm. so there's a philosophy of uh, our works because if I was just like here at my notebook, working, working hard, working hard, without yeah. talking with anyone. I would be just like this narrow person. I won't, don't want to talk with anyone. But if I want to work with other people, even in projects that I don't know, 
I will learn with them about some subject. But probably I would, in the best scenarios would be just like working with AI. I would, yeah. for me, it would be really nice if it go towards this way, but I don't know I, if it's... It would be really cool if we become a cyborg. Like if we <laughs> yeah. have some implants and then there's nothing, we have the AI in our bodies, so there's not a robot or something, but we become one. <laughs> mm. That would be cool. But you know, there is, um, exists already. There's two Spanish <laughs> artists, they made some implants and they can just like kinesthetic, have a relationship and perceptions of, uh, of the earth that they would mm -hmm. never have uh, without those implants. So, I mean, yeah. there's already not the, only those two Spanish, there's a yes. lot of artists. And Elon Musk already said that we are kind of like cyborgs. We have our cell phone in yeah. our hands or close to our heart or in our pocket. It's not in our body, but we have it around 24-7, kind of yeah. like. Yeah. So that would be just the next step that that probably comes sooner or later. And uh, now I, it's, I, I just like to know, now I'm in the interviewer. I mean, after making so many interviews... Uh, do you have uh, a perception about your view of this future uh, after uh, those steps you made? How do you, how it's for you the future of AI in relation with architecture or cities? I have a vision, or no, I have a, a dream maybe that we could use AI to use it for our world in, in, in terms of you cannot decide if, if it's man-made or nature-grown. It's just a natural world. But you use AI, the highly intelligent technology, just to copy nature. So we all live in a nature world in peace. Haha. <laughs> And that would be really cool. <laughs> But that's what I mentioned earlier. Like if you see a skeleton, so why don't we just use nature, copy it, synthesizing biomaterials and build nature, naturally grown things? We are constructing sometimes in as the same way ages ago, right? Adding material, mm -hmm. I mean, adding bricks without, with concrete uh, or with some interaction between rocks or bricks yeah. and uh, why not I, I believe I believe it could be a good answer uh, there was a time I was researching a little bit about cybernetics because mm -hmm. there's also about this uh, interaction of not only of this black black box right of the there's also Villain Flusser discussing about it uh, how is it for this black box of a camera But mm -hmm. how would be how is it also for a DG, uh, DJ uh, putting music? It's a instantaneous uh, interaction. If they are dancing, they are enjoying. If nobody's moving, you have to shift it. So yeah. in in time of architecture, we have to sometimes answer faster because if we have the same answers of ages ago, we will our, uh, we will build 
already obsolete buildings. So it yeah. will not be the best scenarios to make so many partitions. And that's why we have empty buildings in downtown of our town and worldwide. So yeah. probably we can really uh, observe, uh, I mean, what have we already done about infrastructure, about flexible places that can be really open to this community that it's really shifting in a faster way than our buildings. So mm -hmm. for the first point, maybe this could be the first uh, step, but how could we also embrace our, I don't know, dialogue with technology without putting it apart because otherwise they will put us apart maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yes. But architecture becomes so complicated that I don't know if that makes sense anymore. This, it's so complicated that you don't need it. So for me, it would be great if architecture would go back a little bit and goes back to the basics yeah. again. And that you... I don't know, design those biomaterials that connect with your surrounding, with the sun, with the weather, and it just changes with the with the surroundings. You don't need all all the heating or whatever or the air conditioning because the material itself can work with the sun and cools down or whatever. That mm -hmm. would be really great. That would be so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe um Sometimes that's why there maybe this those these shifts already uh, happening when we see just like light structures or construction with earth that you have a better relationship of thermic. Uh, I went to France some years ago and there there was about how it's these walls. There was mushroom walls. There was a lot of things really cool at Pavilion de l'Arsenal. It was really cool, mm -hmm. this exhibition, because it was how we, can we embrace nature in our buildings, really, deal with it. Yeah. Because here in Brazil, it's complicated. I mean, it's less complicated to deal with nature because there, even Le Corbusier, when he came here, he said, no, you are so gifted because if you, good, if you really uh, make a good shadow, you have a good architecture. And when you say, when you see Brazilian architecture of, of, after the modernism, it's dealing with shadow. I mean, concrete slabs, steel slabs, Paulo Mendes da Rocha, or many others, uh, architects, it's dealing with shadow. So, you know, it's really cool. Yeah. And dealing with, uh, sometimes with earth materials. And maybe going back, you do good architecture. When you yeah. sometimes you are so fascinated about technology, techno not you, I mean, when we are so fascinated about technology, doing uh, high tech, why not go back to low tech? And yeah. maybe AI will help us just to open yeah. our mind to, oh, go back or just like uh, Ayuton Krenaki. And also Lina Bobardi, that uh, he, she received some after that, after her death. But this year she received this uh, prize at uh, Biennale of uh, of Venice. 
And I even brought this book because there are some two new books about her biography, right? And it's nice how to embrace our own culture or our own technology or how really to understand how can we build with the nature, not mm -hmm. just exploring, exploiting it. Maybe yeah. I, we, talk, we talked or I <laughs> talked about nature today with you and I really enjoyed that your observations after so many interviews, it's also dealing with nature, right? I mean, we have a responsibility and at the end, we should choose wisely what we are to become. Yeah. And I want to choose that vision uh, that we that we live with nature hand in hand and maybe making nature our only customer someday when, when the people are ready for it. Last question. Right. What means... <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> what afraid. Means, no. <laughs> what means architecture for you personally? Mm. I, I would... No, 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 no. <laughs> Because during this week, I was thinking about it, uh, about time, about shadow, about being present, in pre dealing with present time, and also the responsibility to the future. This complexity could be an answer for architecture, dealing with people or the people that are going to, to be uh, using those cities, those buildings, Uh, and I somehow I I, uh, I remembered about John Cage. He made a composition about four four minutes and three in three thirty three seconds of silence, and that is his composition, right? It was four minutes of silence, and that's a, quite a manifesto. So. I don't know. I won't just like make now. My answer is four minutes of silence. But uh, maybe a tip for myself it's once we are dealing with clients and sometimes we lose our way, we have to have this goal of architecture dealing not with ourselves, but in a larger uh, contest and concept that we have to build for the others. And, you know, With, of a larger context, or for mm -hmm. even if it's a house, it's not sometimes the house you are going to live, it's your client is going to live there. If it's a, a building, even better, because there, is, there will be children, there will be a lot of things happening there. And try to, it's really good, I mean, architecture for me, it's also uh, remember that you are not alone in this world. It's not only yeah. uh, your observation. It's also being open to hear. Uh, just like right now, I'm. it's really cool because we are talking. I'm here in Brazil. You're in Germany. And I really enjoy what your observations in uh, about architecture. And I was, uh, being a narrow-minded and not wanting to talk, for me it would be, Uh, not a good architect, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Dealing with architect is uh, architecture is being open to 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 talk. I mean, to and we sometimes we, we answer with drawings, to observations, to manifestos. There's a lot of 
ways of responding or re of answering it. That's a really good answer. Okay. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> Marcos, thank you so much that you took the time to be on my podcast. It was super inspiring and I had a really great time. Thank you. Oh, I thank you to you. I thank you so much. In Portuguese, we say obrigado, muito obrigado. <laughs> so really, really thanks. It sounds really nice. <laughs> That was this week's episode of What's Next? Rethinking Architecture. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. It was a super inspiring talk with Marcus Franchini. And as always, I am thrilled to get your comments, to get your suggestions and your opinions. So please leave a message and subscribe to the podcast. Till next time on What's Next. Ciao, ciao.